At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 422nd episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Do you want to save money at the grocery store? Eat more organic whole foods, cultivate food security, and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow your own food, or if you think the only food you have access to is what you buy in the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. I've helped thousands of people just like you grow their own food. And I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place, there is no such thing as a brown thumb. With this free webinar, you can begin making your own garden dreams come true and start growing delicious, nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to IWANTTOGARDEN.com and you'll receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember, that's GARDEN to 44222 or IWANTTOGARDEN.com. Today on our podcast, we have someone who gathers gardening gurus to help grow gardens. We're talking with returning guest Stacy Murphy about setting goals for growing and her Garden Freedom series. Stacy is a garden geek, growing food since 1979, and her superpower is packing literally tons of food into tight spaces. She has helped thousands of new gardeners from six continents grow vegetables and herbs in small spaces, enjoy fresh, affordable vegetables, and live a healthy, happy life. She does this by walking eager growers through her holistic garden system, showing what to grow, when and where. Stacy offers an online education series with experts talking about different elements of growing food. This year, she has organized the Garden Freedom Series with 13 days of jam-packed gardening know-how to help get herb and vegetable gardens started. Welcome to the show today, Stacy. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I love getting on the show with you. So thank you. Thank you. So you've been gardening since 1979. What inspired you? Yeah. And well, I haven't been growing every year since then. So what inspired me when I was a kid was my mom and dad had this amazing vegetable and herb garden. 
And we would go outside and we would pick food for our table. And it was magical for me, you know, just going out and pulling things off of plants and putting them in my mouth. It's like how you learn. I was six years old at the time. And that's really how you learn about the world, right? So Mm -hmm. I discovered how delicious sweet peas were off the vine. And I I discovered how much I loved black raspberries in my mom's garden. So that's really where I started gardening was side by side next to my parents and they taught me all about plants. And the interesting thing is that I lost my connection with food for a long time when I went off to college Mm -hmm. and, you know, college food is a big, you know, (laughs) not a lot of great stuff going on in the cafeteria. Oh, no kidding. And it wasn't until years later, I went off to be an engineer and, and then later an architect. And I woke up one morning and I realized like how little fresh food there was in my world. I felt just disconnected from the earth and from the food and from the sunlight, even that grew the food I just everything. I felt like my health was ebbing away from me. You know, I didn't feel really vital. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started growing again for myself and I started growing all over Brooklyn and for all the communities in Brooklyn too. So it's, it ha- I haven't been growing ever since 79, but uh, that's when I got my roots. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, our, our stories parallel each other a little bit because I grew food when I was a kid, starting when I was about 14 years old. So that was 1974. I grew food until 81 or 82 when I moved out slash got kicked out of the house. Uh, and then I had about a <laughs> seven, eight year gap in there until I went to purchase a home. And the home I actually purchased in 1989 was the urban farm here. And that plugged me back into you know, where my food came from and started growing it again. So, yay. Yeah, having a piece of land is an amazing asset, right? Oh, (laughs) big time. And you were growing in Brooklyn. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so I realized if I was disconnected from my food, uh, I looked around my neighborhood and basically there were not a lot of grocery stores in the neighborhoods that I was living in. And the grocery stores that were there, the kinds of food that was present, it was just not very fresh. It was not organic. It wasn't that great looking. And really, I was traveling a long time to go to farmer's market. So I thought, if I'm having this trouble finding fresh food, probably everybody else is too. And so uh, I started with a group of people. It was a network of growers. And we started a, a series of urban farms. And all of them were community-supported projects where people bought subscriptions to the food. And so we started everything from backyard farms all the way up to like a one acre farm that fed 135 families every year. So um, it's amazing. Yeah. Even in Brooklyn, there is a bunch of possibilities. And in my tiny little Brooklyn apartment, studio apartment, even though I didn't have land of my own, I still grew indoors. (laughs) Wow. So it really is possible to grow food wherever you are. You don't need land. (laughs) You can even grow during the winter. There's all different ways to grow. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I tell people, first of all, grow herbs. They're the most expensive thing to buy and the easiest thing to grow. And you can do that in a sunny windowsill. Yeah. Yeah. Just to get started, it's so easy, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're currently living in San Diego, and that's a long way from Brooklyn, and you're doing a lot of online work. What was the pathway to get from Brooklyn to San Diego to online? Tell me about that. Yeah. So one of the things I realized along the way is that we were impacting so many lives in Brooklyn, hundreds of families. 
And I realized that this was something going on everywhere. This is a movement, right? There's people all over the world who are reconnecting to the land, who are growing local food and feeding their communities. And I really loved all of the home gardeners and the the wisdom that gets passed on from generation to generation. And I wanted to uh, be a part of that bigger movement. And so what better way to go online and engage that community in conversations about how to grow more vegetable dinners at home. So that was one of the big reasons why I went online. And what's incredible about the internet is we have people, I, I work with people all around the world, tens of thousands of people from 169 countries. And, you know, people are interested in the same things in Pakistan, in Finland, in Belize, in, you know, Canada, even in the United States. We're interested in our health. We're interested in knowing where our food comes from, that it's toxin-free. You know, all of those things, everybody is more and more interested in how to get more fresh food and vitality into their life. So one of the reasons to go online is to have that bigger impact worldwide and to connect with everybody in the world doing this. And isn't that a fun thing to have happen? I know that with my podcast, I've, I've had emails and responses from people all over the world. So it's just, it feels good. Right? And you'd be surprised how somebody in Finland can help somebody in Canada, you know, or like somebody in Jamaica even can help somebody in San Diego. It's yeah. incredible to me the wealth of knowledge of growing vegetables and herbs around the world and how many people are excited about it these days. Yeah. Well, and I, I recently was on a chat with you you gave one of your classes we we're going to talk about this in a little while and you had me on as your guest and there were it seemed like dozens maybe even hundreds of people on this call and they were interacting building community right there from all over the world yeah it's incredible so with our different classes online and our different events online we like to leave the communication lines open and let people know that they might have the answer for somebody across the world. And so with all of our different online events, people are able to post whatever their challenges are and hear from other people from around the world. And then the amazing thing that happens is people are so generous with their knowledge and, and they feel great about sharing because they have their own challenges and they know somebody else around the world is going to help them. So it creates this wonderful community of people. They're like-minded, you know, mm -hmm. oh, and yeah. most people, yeah, yeah. Most people who grow food, I have to say, they laugh more, they smile more, they share more. Most people who grow food, what I love about them is they understand the abundance of nature. And so when you put them in community together, they just want to naturally share with each other. Right. So I just love hosting. Yeah, I just love hosting these online events where everybody chips into the conversation and makes the whole world a better place. So yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yay. So I mentioned in the intro, your Garden Freedom Series. This is your uh, third annual, but you do it twice a year. So this is your sixth time you've done your annual Garden Freedom Series. Can you tell me what it is? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, so basically what it is, is it's two weeks of garden fun online. And, uh, you know, if you want to get your vegetable and herb garden started right, or if you already have one and you want to take it to the next level or double your yield. So we host a bunch of awesome stuff. And we've got six mini workshops that are a part of the Garden Freedom Series. And 
it's all free. And so basically the mini workshops are things like the number one thing that successful gardeners do differently. And we'll show you how to set yourself up for garden success this growing. Um, we've got workshops about double your yield and half the space. You know, how do you like to do that? And it's specifically around vegetables and herbs because that's my where my expertise is. Mm-hmm. And we've got one of our favorite events. It's always the big winner is pest diseases and weeds. Show them who's boss because you should eat your food and you shouldn't let the bullies steal your lunch, right? Right. So a lot of people, <laughs> the, the thing that happens when you start to grow food is everybody else shows up to the party and wants to eat it too. So we have an event, a little mini class called Pest Diseases and Weeds, Show Them Who's Boss, and tons of people show up for that one. And there's there's a couple other ones as well. Vegetable and herb gardening, that takes less time than you think. And I share these simple strategies to make garden life easier because I think a lot of people, they don't need a very complicated garden. They just want to grow a little bit of food for themselves. And so what does it look like to put that into a busy lifestyle? If you're a mom with a couple of kids, how do you create a really simple garden that fits your lifestyle? Things like that. So the, it's essentially two weeks of just awesome garden fun online, people chatting with each other and communicating from around the world. So that's, that's the gist of what it's all about. Wow. So why do you do this? <laughs> well, you know, we talked a little bit about this already. So everybody eats, right? And your audience they really, they already know that what they're eating is important. And if you watch the news, you've seen the number of chronic diseases and then the toxins in our environment. And it's been on the rise for a long time. And when we eat whole foods, those foods become our medicine. And that's really our own healthcare system. So we can grow our own healthcare. And there's also been all these ecological scares with fresh greens, which are freaking people out. So growing your own food is one of the best ways to ensure the safety and the freshness of the food and to know exactly how it was grown. And that's why we call it the Garden Freedom Series, because you're free from relying on what's available at the grocery store and you're empowered to nourish yourself and your loved ones. And by the way, like how awesome is a lifestyle surrounded by plants that nourish you? So it's great for your mental and spiritual health as well. And I know your audience already knows all of this. That's, you know, they tune in because that's what's important to them. And wouldn't it be awesome if everybody around the world, everybody eats, wouldn't it be awesome if everybody grew just a little bit and shared just a little bit with their community? So that's what we're up to. Yeah. Wow. Big time. What is the theme of your Garden Freedom Series this year? So this year, the theme for the Garden Freedom Series is Gardens for Life. And the reason is that so many of the people that come to the Garden Freedom Series, the ripple effects that happen in their life is that they... I'll give a couple of examples because it's the best way to do it. We had Stuart who essentially had a bunch of health concerns with his life and then also his partner's life. And his garden was his way to feel vital and to not feel like he was just living this disease. So the garden as a way to not only improve your health by eating the food, but to feel good about the world around you. And one of my favorite stories from one of my students, uh, Barbara, Barbara has a partner who has Alzheimer's. And mm. yeah, and so these, the chronic diseases that are, you know, so prevalent in our society, sometimes the simplest things can help us remember the beauty of life. And in Barbara's case, the garden, she called it her sanity saver. Mm. Uh, this was the place, yeah, where 
she actually put a fence around her garden and it was a way to ensure that her partner who had Alzheimer's didn't wander away. And it was their place to just connect and feel safe. And so there is this larger reason to garden, which is beyond just the food. And it's, it's about a lifestyle of health and vitality and feeling connected to nature and feeling safe. So Garden for Life is the, is the theme for this year's Garden Freedom Series. Awesome. And so I know you touched on this a little bit, but I want to dig in a little deeper. And that is what difference does gardening really make in our lives? <laughs> you know, sometimes it makes so many differences to so many people that it almost seems like it cures everything. And then people are like, does gardening really do all that? <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it does so many amazing things. One of the things that I was just talking to one of my students about, Gina, she, we were talking about her garden and she said to me that, you know, she, the garden was a hard sell for her family. They didn't understand why she wanted one. They were like, it seems like a lot of work. What's that all for? And she had kids and a husband and basically neither one of them liked vegetables. And so to them, they thought gardening was probably the stupidest thing on earth. Like, why would you grow vegetables? <laughs> you don't even like eating them. Right. And what was interesting in her case is that, you know, she started gardening because it, it was important to her. And what happened is that her kids started eating vegetables off the vine and realizing that they tasted different than mm. what was at the store. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, her kids like vegetables. So I think, and that's what happened to me when I was a kid, too. So there's this amazing thing that happens in gardens around families, that it provides a space for the family to connect. I mean, imagine now the conversations that that family is having about food, whereas before Gina and her kids and her husband were at odds. Now they're like, oh, this is kind of fun. This is kind of cool. And her husband even said, you know, when they, he was making a stir fry, he loves to cook, and he picked the broccoli from their yard. He went out there and harvested it, which was a big deal. You know, he had never really yeah. been excited about the garden, but he was going out there and harvesting. And he tasted what he said was like, well, your broccoli is much smaller than the broccoli at the grocery store. But when he ate it, he was like, wow, this is remarkably great. It's mm-hmm. much different. So. Like there's a, there's this bigger picture here, which is the realization that homegrown tastes better too. And that is, convinces people to eat foods that make them feel good. So yeah. there's so many benefits, right? Oh yeah. Well, and the taste better, some people don't know this, the better taste actually means that there's more nutrients in there in a lot of cases. Exactly. <laughs> and I mean, and you think about the ripples of this, right? Like think about... These kids now, they basically, they, they think vegetables taste better, so they're likely to eat more vegetables, and their long-term health, they're likely to include more of this in their life. And, you know, me, 40 years later, out of my mom's garden, now a garden is a part of my everyday lifestyle. It's a non-negotiable, and I feel great. So just a small little garden can have an impact on somebody's life, you know, for the rest of their life. Oh. And like you said, the nutrient quality being better, that just means our health is going to be better in the long run as well. Yeah. So there's so many ripples to this. So you've been doing this for years. Tell me some of the yeah. stories. You, you've got to have heard some amazing stories. Tell me about them. Oh, goodness. So some of the most incredible stories for me are things that would not 
you would not necessarily think about the garden as much. So I worked with a lot of teenagers <laughs> and I worked with a lot of teenagers who were coerced into gardening. They did not choose to go garden. Mm-hmm. And so these were people who I had to convince the garden was a cool place in the first place, right? So some of the lessons that were incredible from those students, there's this girl, Brianna, and Brianna was one of the first people I worked with in Brooklyn. She was out uh, outside on the farm every day for about a year. And at first she was, you know, it's like, well, it's okay. You know, I get to get out of class. I get to be outside, but you know, whatever, it's not that cool. She went from that attitude to over time, she started feeling like it was a fun place to be. She started, and up until then, uh, also, she was overweight, fairly obese, actually. And by the end of the year, she was losing weight because she was eating differently. Mm. And I recently connected with her and, you know, she's she's down to like a, a very, like, a lean, mean fighting machine, and she credits that farm with it. But the other thing that was interesting is that Brianna was having trouble in high school with some bullies. And I remember one time we were outside and we had some squirrels that kept (laughs) digging up this one area. Uh And she she made the connection of like, man, those squirrels are like bullying us. Like they just keep coming back again and again. And like, Mm. it's, you know, they're tormenting us. And the farm became this place to teach teens larger lessons about interactions, that the way that nature interacts with each other, that humans, you know, we're a part of nature, right? So we tend to have similar interactions. And Brianna was able to talk to some of the people around her in these sort of metaphors around nature and bullying in a way that helped her and helped her see a way out of her own bullying and a way to talk to those people that she felt like was bullying her. So it's interesting to me that it's not always about the food. It's not always about the health. I mean, for her, there was a weight loss and a connection to fresh food that's there. Mm -hmm. But there's also a sort of reconnection to human nature and what it means to love each other and what it means to care for one another. So that's that's what I find really intriguing about gardens. Yeah. Is the all kinds of the connections that it can make. Yeah. And it even goes beyond I I might have shared this on on your other podcast. I can't remember because it's one of the things that stands out most for me. We had a, a scenario with another teenager who was really having trouble with anger and got himself into a lot of trouble. And he was on his way to jail. I mean, he kept picking fights and it was not, it was with knives. It was, it was scary. And it was mostly because he didn't know how to deal with his anger. He's not a bad kid. He's an awesome kid, but he would just go into these states of rage that he couldn't control. And guess what helped? The garden. And so he would come out and we would uh, we would give him projects if he had you know some anger thing come up. We'd give him projects where he could work that anger out, and then we'd talk about it afterwards with him and ask him what's going on. And he said to us, you know, you're the only adults that have ever it's ever felt like you've been on my side. And so imagine wow. the impact that a garden can have on people who are going through tricky emotional things mm-hmm. and the sort of peace that it brings and the calm that it brings, and then. Once you're able to deal with those emotions, then you can deal with whatever else is going on in your world more yeah. calmly. Wow. Yeah. 
And so third annual Garden Freedom Series. Tell me a story from there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Can I paint a picture of the future? <laughs> or, should, well, or should I go back to uh, you know or what? Should I go back to the second end? <laughs> either either one would be a great one. All right. <laughs> so there was a moment from the first annual Garden Freedom Series where we were having conversations with somebody in South Africa who was interested in spreading gardening in their area. They wanted to be a site where people could come and see what was possible. And so they wanted to do this really amazing garden and lots of production just to be a showcase for everybody around them. And so they did the Garden Freedom Series and they were chatting with us back, you know, in the comment sections. They were showing up to the live Q&As and they eventually purchased a class with us and we helped them set up this incredible permaculture site in South Africa, and they have been a showcase for everybody in their area. So there are folks that join us from all over the world, and oftentimes the intention is to pass on that knowledge to other people. And so even the the larger effects of this event, it can be anything from, you know, we also have people, I, I remember in the, this was the second annual Garden Freedom Series. We started the Garden Freedom Series, and this person said they were from Canada, and they were, like, so excited, and they went right out and started growing that day. They started growing some pea shoots indoors, and seven days later, we're still doing the Garden Freedom Series, and they're already growing and harvesting food. So those are two opposite ends of the spectrum. It's Mm -hmm. like one person who shows up and is like, I want to show other people how to do this and and tell me how to do this the best way possible so we can pass this on to others. And then somebody else who's like, I just want to grow a bunch of food right now on my countertop. And they just like, bam, they do it. So (laughs) there's uh, all different layers in between of what's possible. Yeah. And it really is that easy if you make it that way. Yes. And one of that's my favorite part about the Garden Freedom Series is that it starts at the beginning. The first video of the Garden Freedom Series is really about you, the gardener, finding out exactly what you want out of your garden so that you can set yourself up for success. Because there's so many different ways to grow food. There's so many different ways to garden. And if you go out there and you try it all, you might find that you're not happy because you're running around chasing all these different things. But if you really tap into you and understand what you really want, then it all becomes super simple and you can just find the easiest way to get there. So the Garden Freedom Series, when is it? So the Garden Freedom Series starts February 14th and it runs through March 1st. Nice. And you can sign up for it. Again, it's free. You can sign up for it at urbanfarm.org forward slash garden freedom. So I always ask people for a new piece of advice. What kind of advice do you have for our listeners? My biggest piece of advice is have fun, play, experiment, whether it's in your garden or, or, or whether it's outside in the garden or inside your house growing food. I think that the way that we make the most progress in our garden and reach our goals is really just when we're having fun and we're playing. Sometimes if we make it into work, then we no longer want to do it. So, you know, I think for me, I think about all the incredible things that I've learned from my garden and all the biggest harvests I've ever had (laughs) have been moments where I've been like, I wonder what would happen if I did this. 
so that's yeah. So I feel like that's a really fun question to ask yourself. Is like, I wonder what would happen if I did this, and then just play with it. Don't take it too seriously. <laughs> Awesome. And it's always great fun playing with you. Thank you. We always have lots of fun. And thank you for joining us on the show once again today, Stacy. Thank you so much. You're doing amazing work. I'm so honored to be here. Uh, thank you so much. So you can find show notes from today's podcast and sign up for the Garden Freedom Series at urbanfarm.org forward slash garden freedom. We are your urban farming resource. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and everywhere where podcasts are served. Also visit urbanfarm.org to find articles, webinars, courses, and more. Plus, if you'd like to hear more from Stacy, listen to episodes 105 and 366. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Do you want to save money at the grocery store? Eat more organic whole foods, cultivate food security, and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow your own food, or if you think the only food you have access to is what you buy in the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. I've helped thousands of people just like you grow their own food. And I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place, there is no such thing as a brown thumb. With this free webinar, you can begin making your own garden dreams come true and start growing delicious, nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to IWANTTOGARDEN.com and you'll receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember, that's GARDEN to 44222 or IWANTTOGARDEN.com. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.